Thank you. So we'll do things maybe a little bit different tonight. Instead of having a song or two here at the beginning, uh, we're going to sprinkle a few songs uh, throughout our lesson uh, tonight, if that's okay with you guys. And um, and so we'll just get right into our lesson and, and talk about things. As you guys noticed from... Uh, the skit and from the things that David Chang said that tonight we're talking about peace and unity and so uh, the teacher in me has a sheet worksheet for you to fill out to stay awake and to do a little work I hope you don't mind that Um, but we will make it um, we'll throw in a little humor in with things since uh, it's VBS We'll, we'll sprinkle in a little bit of that. I, I felt like today, um, this was not planned, but um, it was a perfect prelude to me talking about peace and unity today because on the way to church, uh, Sarah uh, was helping with the cooking or whatever, and I think they were supposed to make chocolate sauce, and she let me try a little bit before we got in the car. But it was hot, and she put it in a container and put the lid on, and then we put it in the back. And um, I don't know if it was the crazy driver or the hot putting the lid on. There's a little bit of discussion over that. But um, anyways, it, it, the chocolate sauce ended up all over the back of the car. Thankfully, we were only about... I don't know, a mile and a half from home, so we turned right around and went back and had to pull the mats out, spray them off, and uh, anyways. So it was perfect prelude to talk about peace and unity uh, here tonight. I thought about that after we got back in the car. I was like, yeah, I'm speaking on peace and unity tonight. But um, I, I do have some interesting things. You know, when you talk about peace and unity, um, Things in the church aren't always peaceful and uh, full of unity. Um, <clears throat> sometimes there's discussions over different things. I w- thought I'd share with you a few of things I, w- I just Googled because I thought it'd be interesting. I have some stories of my own, and I won't go through all of them, but these are some reasons why people either split a church or left the congregation, um, or at least gotten disagreements or fights in a congregation. I did Google, and we don't have a screen, but I actually saw some YouTube videos of church fights. I thought that was interesting, but you could just Google those if you want to. But there was uh, one congregation where a deacon accused another deacon of sending in an anonymous letter. Don't you love those? And then deciding to settle the matter in the parking lot. Um, there's a church dispute on whether or not to install restroom stall dividers in the women's restroom. That's interesting. Uh, I'm all for that one. Um, a church argument and was, um, and there was actually a vote to decide if there needed to be a clock in the auditorium. Uh, or whether or not it should be removed. That, that could cause some discussion. 
there was a 45-minute heated argument over the type of filing cabinet to purchase, whether it's black or brown, two, three, or four drawers. A pretty important business there. Uh, there's a fight over which picture uh, to put in the foyer. I have witnessed that one now. Um, sometimes uh, in a remodeling, pictures get moved, and boy, that can cause some uh, discussion. Uh, the congregation I was at when uh, COVID hit, basically the week before COVID hit, the um, pipe in the baptistry burst and it flooded the auditorium. Well, we were planning on doing some remodeling anyway, so we ended up having to do it. Um, but there's this gigantic chandelier that was hanging in the auditorium, and there's a lot of discussion whether or not it should go. Or, Anyways, when we came back after COVID, it was gone, and um, that caused some uh, discussion. Uh, there was business meetings over whether or not the church should purchase a weed eater or not. It took two business meetings to resolve that one. Uh, that fight was really wacky. Um, there's argument on whether or not the church should allow deviled eggs at the church meal. Only if you have angel food cake for dessert, I guess. Um, there was a disagreement over whether or not you should use the term pot luck instead of pot blessing. Um, there's an argument in church over who had access to the copy machine. I probably have witnessed some of that. Um, some church members left a congregation because one church member hid the vacuum cleaner from them. It uh, resulted in a major fight and split. Um, I guess we could make up creative names for the, what the next congregation was called um, with that one. But there was argument over whether the fake dusty plants should be removed from the podium. I said just give them a little water, they should be fine. But anyways, I thought um, <clears throat> some of those may you may find funny. Um, I did too, but... You know, when we talk about church uh, disagreements, um, really they're not funny. Um, they may be over trivial things, and most of the time they are over tri trivial things. Um, and um, we'll, we'll talk about a few more of those as uh, the lesson goes on. But our key verse tonight, if uh, you're following along with your sheet, is Galatians 5, 13 through 15. And uh, this verse says, uh, and I'll, I'll ask you to turn to a lot of passages tonight. I'll read some of them, but um, I'll, I'll ask you to turn to some so that we can really dive in tonight. But this verse says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. And really when we argue and fuss, that's what we're doing is we're um, biting and devouring each other. Um, haven't you had something on your mind that really just devours all your time? You're thinking about it all the time. You're thinking about uh, 
the disagreements there, and that's un- unfortunate. <coughs> Our first song that we're going to sing tonight, and all these songs had to do with our lesson, is number 250. 250. So if you will, grab a song book, and let's turn to that, and Mike, if you will, lead us. So our first point is how sweet, how heavenly is the sight when those that love the Lord in one another's peace delight. Verse 3, and in my opinion, was a powerful one, and it comes straight from some of the scriptures we'll look at tonight. When free from envy, scorn, and pride, our wishes are all above. In other words, they're focused on above. Each can his brother's failings hide and show a brother's love. And that's what we're talking about tonight. You know, we're, we're having the Western theme here. And my father-in-law, uh, I think even though he subscribes to DirecTV, some reason his TV only works on two channels. One of them is the Western channel. And every time we go, I think the same Western is playing every time we see him. But uh, there are a few that I actually enjoy, but one of the ones I remember, um, and they came out a few years ago with a, kind of a remake of it, but is the movie uh, Magnificent Seven. Any of you remember that? Uh, you might remember the original one that had Yul Brenner, Steve McQueen, Charles Bronson, and James Coburn. But this was one where a small town got tired of basically evil. And they banded together and decided to make a difference. They decided to make a difference in in their town and in the world. And that's really what we're talking about with the church, is the ability to band together and make a difference. If we're no different than the world, then how can we make a difference in the world? Um, so we have to show that peace and unity um, are prevalent uh, with us. So turn with me to Acts chapter 2. And the, the verses are there. And we're not, like I mentioned, I'll read some of them. But in Acts chapter 2, uh, actually I don't think I listed that one. Um, in Acts 2, um, we see... In chapter 2 and chapter 4, we see some of what perfect uh, church unity um, causes and what's the result of that. Look at verses 28 through 32 in Acts 2. Pardon me, 42. um, 42 through 47, I, I wrote down the wrong thing here. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers, And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. Um, We'll sing here in a little bit a common love, but uh, this was a congregation that had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple Together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And what was then result? The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. In chapter 4, if you'll turn over there, 
um, verse 32, we see, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. To me, the key there was that they had one heart and soul. They, they worked together there. Let's turn to Ephesians uh, chapter 4. And a lot of our thoughts, I think every speaker is so far has mentioned something from Ephesians here, but Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 16, just uh, as you, I know you know this passage, but in skimming uh, this passage, what do these verses instruct us to do in order to have unity? We're told in verse 5 that there's, well, verse 4, there is one body, one spirit, uh, verse 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Verse 6, one God and Father over all. But what, in order to be one, what were some of the things that are indicated here that they did um, to have unity or that are instructed in order for us to have unity? Okay. They, were, they bared with one another in love. What else? Patient. They were patient. They had gentleness. What else? What now? Lowliness or some versions have humility or long-suffering. They were, in, they were working at it, endeavoring to keep the unity. They were determined to keep uh, the unity. What else? Unselfish. What else? Okay. They're tender-hearted, forgiving one another. One through sixteen. There. What other things do you see? Look at verse fourteen. There. They were no longer tossed to and fro, uh, carried around by every wind of doctrine. Um, so, what does that what does that mean? They were before that. What were they were? Endeavoring for the unity, but how'd that occur? Okay. And, and even verse 13 there, and of the knowledge of the Son of God. They were trying to be mature there. How'd they talk to one another? What's that? Speaking the truth in love. So even if there were disagreements, they were handling them uh, well. Edifying and encouraging one another. So certainly if we want to um, be a congregation that is unified, that has peace, these are some of the things that we need to have. We also need to have um, a common love, a common bond holding us uh, together. Uh, if you will, turn in your songbook state 42. That will be our next song here. All right, all right. Uh, there was a man uh, that was a member of the Church of Christ and he was out on the ship and became shipwrecked and was marooned. He's on an uncharted island. He lived there for several years, years now, before a passing ship 
happened to see his fire one night and changed course to investigate. When some of the crew made their way to the uh, by boat to the island, they found the man there in three huts that he had built. And they asked him, where are these three huts? He said, well, one is where I live, and one is where I go to church. And he said, well, what's the third one, hut? He said, oh, that's the one where I used to go to church. <laughs> I thought you'd like that one. Oh, and that a... A case, though, you know, I hate to say it, um, you know, I grew up in North Alabama, and I would say it's not too much different here, but there are congregations, you know, every couple miles, and I know it originated probably because people rode horse and buggy or whatever to get uh, to congregations, uh, to get to worship. Um, but so many times it's still the case, but unfortunately there are people that if you talk to them long enough, they've been at this congregation, that congregation, that congregation, and if you really pry into why they're no longer there, a lot of times it's over a trivial uh, reason. Um, Every once in a while you find groups that have gotten dissatisfied and have started their own uh, congregation, a lot of times those that seem that they're dissatisfied with a congregation, they start their own. If, if you watch them long enough, a lot of times they end up splitting or not getting along. Uh, there are just some people there are that way. But what we're talking about today are things that help uh, create peace and unity. Um, and uh, the song we just sang was a common love, a common bond holding us uh, to the Lord. And we're not just talking about individual congregations. We're talking about the Lord's church and trying to stay true uh, to it. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, we see that the church is to be salt and light uh, to the world. If we're salt and light to the world... We're not gunslingers um, in keeping with our theme. Uh, in Matthew 5, 13 uh, through 16 there, you're the salt of the earth, but the salt has lost its taste. How shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You're the lie of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all that are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So, again, if we're not any different from the world, if we don't treat each other differently, it's hard to be salt and light. Uh, we don't have the saltiness. We don't. Uh, we're just bland if we're just like uh, everyone else. It's hard to be a light if we're just like everybody else. Uh, we're not different, um, and so we have to treat each other uh, differently um, and hold to God's word. Later on, we'll we'll talk about Jesus's prayer before. Um, 
the night before he's crucified, but even in that prayer, um, he was praying for us. And he was praying that uh, we would not be of the world, uh, that we would be different. And that, that was his hope and his prayer uh, to us. If we have any doubt that this world needs God, you just turn on the news. You just look at what goes on. You can even just go to Walmart and watch people. Uh, there's so much hate and um, anger out there um, that people wear on their sleeves. We had to be different um, in the church. Look at um, Colossians chapter uh, 4, verses 3 through 6. At the same time, pray for us that God may open a door to us, open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of God on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I, I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of time, of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, gracious, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Um, sometimes the people we're closest to, we, we treat the worst. Um, sometimes the people we're closest to, we're the least patient. Uh, and those are the people we should be uh, the most patient uh, with. Also, we see that, uh, so in other words, if we want doors to open, if we want the church to grow, the follow-up statement to that is be careful how you walk and how you talk. Make sure your speech is seasoned with salt. We can talk about soul winning all day long, but if we're not living the kind of life that we should, then we're not going to uh, do any good in trying to convince others that they need to live uh, like us. Um, next point there, Jesus came to save, not to condemn. Um, we talked about this some last night um, in John uh, 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son to, into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world, world might be saved through him. So when Jesus prayed for us, he prayed for those that would follow the apostles, those that would follow Jesus' word. He was praying that we would be in the world, but not of the world, that we would be uh, different, and that we would try to make a difference in other people, that we would try to save and further the cause that Jesus came uh, to proclaim. Uh, the next point I have down here is a little different. It's a little kick I'm on, I guess. Um, there's a book I was um, made aware of uh, called Canoeing the Mountains. Um, and some of you might have uh, read that uh, before. Uh, it's a story about Lewis and Clark and Sacagawea. Um, and um, had some friends uh, from Clarkson that went on a trip here um, last week, and I saw 
a picture that they had of that, and it was actually tombstones uh, there in honor of them. But my thought is on this point, expect sabotage, but be a light. So turn to Acts 13. Acts 13. We should expect sabotage uh, almost in every Bible story. Um, there's this case. After I heard someone speak on this topic, Hiram had the lesson on uh, David and Goliath. And, you know, in David and Goliath, who was it that was trying to sabotage what was going on? Like When David said, here, I'll, I'll fight. I'll fight. I'll take care of him. Who, who tried to sabotage him? The brothers. His own brothers tried to sabotage him. Say, uh, you know, put that away and you don't know what you're talking about. Almost in every Bible story, if you look hard enough, there's somebody trying to uh, say, oh, it can't be done. Or, no, you're not going to be successful at that. Or people aren't going to change. It's just going to be some kind of sabotage. There's always somebody that's going to try to sabotage. And if you look at it close enough, usually it's the people that are closest to the situation that you would think ought to be the ones encouraging things. But look at uh, Acts 13, um, 42 through 49. See if you can pick out those that were sabotaging and then those who were trying to be aligned. As they went out, the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. And after the meeting in the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you. Since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we're turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. So who was it trying to sabotage here? The religious leaders. Those that should be encouraging uh, people to turn to God. And why were they doing it? They were jealous. They were jealous. Full of jealous, uh, jealousy. And they didn't like the crowds that were falling and listening to God's word through Paul and Barnabas. So... Is it a surprise when things are going good that somebody doesn't try to sabotage? We should expect it. Almost every time, if we could go through the stories of the Bible, but almost every story, if you look hard enough, and you don't have to look hard, there's somebody that's tried to sabotage something good that's going on. And that's going, going to be the case in the church. But what's our response? What was Paul and Barnabas' response here? They became even more bold. They didn't let it deter them. And, but when certain ones didn't want to listen, what did they do? They found somebody else that were willing to listen to, and they focused on the Gentiles, and they became a light to the Gentiles. In other words, they weren't 
wasting time. They weren't spinning their wheels with naysayers and people that were trying to uh, sabotage something good that's going on. And that should be a lesson uh, to us. 1 John 2, 9-11 through 11 says, Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So the point in this passage is to be a light, and we can't be a light if we're hating our brother. Um, we just, uh, God makes it very clear that if we hate our brother, uh, we cannot uh, be in the light. Turn to Ephesians 5. We'll go back to Ephesians just a little bit. We spent time in Ephesians uh, just a minute ago in chapter 5, verses 1 and 4. We just pointed out in chapter 4 some of the things that the church did to be unified. Um, Neil mentioned verse 32, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Notice chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Phil mentioned um, some of those Sunday uh, when we're in Bible class uh, this Sunday. But skip over to verse 15 and 16. Look carefully, then, how you ought to walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of the time, uh, because the days are evil. And even verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So that means when something doesn't go my way, out of reverence for Christ, or out of respect for Christ, I'm to submit to one another. Most of the time our disagreements don't really matter. Um, sometimes what doesn't matter to somebody else may matter to me. But either way, this tells us how we should treat one another in order to have peace and unity in the church. Our third point uh, tonight um, goes with... Um, the song uh, number 76, 76, if you will turn there. End of that first verse says, The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. The more that we have kindred minds, the more we're glorifying uh, God. Uh, sometimes it's uh, the little things that tear us apart. Church feuds are not uncommon, especially among cliques in the congregation, but when the preacher and the song leader get into it, sometimes you got to watch it. One week, the preacher preached on commitment, how you should dedicate yourselves to service. And then the song leader led the congregation in, I shall not be moved. The next Sunday, the preacher preached on giving, 
and how we should gladly give to the work of the Lord. The song leader then led the song, Jesus Paid It All. The next Sunday, the preacher preached on gossiping and how we should watch our tongues. So sure enough, the hymn was, I love to tell the story. So the preacher became disgusted over the situation. Next Sunday, he told the congregation he was considered resigning and asked for the prayers as he waited on the answer. So the song leader got up, and you guessed it, led, oh, why not tonight? <laughs> so the preacher resigned the next week. He told the church that Jesus had led him there and that Jesus was taking him away. So the song leader led, what a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> I had to throw that in, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, those of you that know me, I have to have a laugh or two. Um, Miss Shirley was sharing one with me earlier today of uh, some funny things that kids say, and uh, I said, I'll, I'll use that uh, later. Um, we sang, Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. Yes, peacemakers help bind. Peacemakers help bind. You know, we're on this Western theme, and anybody remember in Westerns or in our history, uh, what was a peacemaker? The Colt 45. You know where it got its uh, uh, name, peacemaker? So the originator of the Colt 45 was Mr. Colt, and um, he was his nickname was peacemaker. And um, he, he basically took out some that were causing trouble and, and made for peace. I'm not suggesting that. Um, but we are talking about being peacemakers. Um, Matthew 5, Jesus said in the Beatitudes, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Um, so we're, the next thing we're to do is to live in harmony uh, to not destroy the work of God. Live in harmony to not destroy the work of God. And you might ask, what do I mean by destroying the work of God? Turn to Romans 12. Um, so Romans 12 and 14 have something to say about um, being peacemakers. In Romans 12, verses 16 through 18, we're told... Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. In the famous verse that... I. I don't know that it can be stated any stronger on this topic. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceable, peaceably with all. You know, if, if all of us in the world, or even half of us in the world, lived that way, we would uh, have peace. Um, sadly, sometimes uh, we don't. Turn over um, to Romans 14. Let's look at 
verses 13 through 20. So a little bit later, Paul said, Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather to decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Now, I know he goes into talking about uh, meat and food here. Um, But as we read this, think about the things that would cause our brother to stumble. Most of the time we're not talking about meats offered to uh, idols here. But let's think about the things that would cause someone to uh, be a hindrance. Verse 14, I know and I'm persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's it unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom God Christ died. So let me repeat that last part. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So he's talking about if we know our brother, something we do really causes our brother to stumble. Do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. Who's the one whom, for whom Christ died? That brother. Everyone. So do not destroy your brother. Don't run him off. Um, verse 16. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness in peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by man. So then, let's pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. So that that's the point um, that we're talking about. Do not Jesus is, I mean, Paul here is saying don't destroy the work of God. What does he mean by that? Well, he's meaning don't run somebody off because of these things you're arguing about. Um, They may not be a big deal to you. They may be to this brother. Don't allow those things to destroy uh, the work of God. So, To sum up those things, we're to live in harmony to not destroy the work of God. Next point here is the the new self bears with one another. And what do I mean by new self? Um, Let's turn over to Colossians 3. Colossians 3. And, you know... In Colossians 3, he says, if, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, sitting out at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things on the earth. So when we become Christians, we're to put to death some of these things. We're to focus our mind on Christ. We're to put away, uh, th- put to death, verse 5, things like, Uh, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. He also tells in verse 8 to put away anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your 
your mouth. Verse 9, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Verse 10, you put on the new self. So then go on to verse 12. Put on then, as Christ's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, even as the Lord has forgiven you, even so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So we're told to put off things with our old self and put on things. And the, the qualities that we're to put on is to create harmony and to bear uh, with one another. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 tells us that God is a God of love and peace. Um, and he says, finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another. Um, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Um, so that's what we're told um, is a description of God. So that brings us to our final point in song, uh, 855 in your song book, if you will. You know, a lot of times we look at the church as being our family, and that's good. It is. It should be considered our family, but the reality is it's God's family. And we, God will have peace in his family. He'll have unity in his family. The question is, are we going to be part of his family? Are we going to live like we're part of God's family? You know, I... I've been privileged working Christian education now for 27 and my kids have, that's all they've known. And, you know, we stay so busy and as administrators and different things going on that all my kids knew growing up and all that Sarah and I have known growing up working at school in a Christian school being involved in the local congregation. You know, um, some may call that a sheltered life, um, but all we've experienced, all my kids knew, were their friends were people at school and people at church. That's all they ever knew. We didn't know what it was like to have necessarily friends outside of that. Um, sometimes we have neighbors and we associate with our neighbors and that kind of thing. But our family, we we have been, um, we've lived away from family, our our personal families, um, all our lives. Um, so our family has always been those in the church, those that uh, we work with. Um, and I consider that a blessing. Some may not consider that a blessing, but I, I consider that a blessing. And no doubt if, if I'm in need, um, I could call on people and know that they'll be there. And I know that um, people that have called on me, they know I'll be there. If, if we'll be there to help each other, and that's what it should be. You know... <clears throat> 
a lot of times we, my mother would ask me, have you had a good day? Have you had a good day? We ask that to our girls. How was your day today? Did you have a good day? Well, our point, next point is, if you want to love life and have good days, we should keep from evil and seek peace. You may, you may say, well, David, you come up with that? No. In 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, verses 8 through 12, it says, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit, let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. So if you want to have good days, this is the instructions. Keep your tongue from evil. Your lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil. Do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. You know, <clears throat> I, I am in social media some. And there are some good things about social media. But there's a lot of things about social media that are against this verse. And we have to be careful that we are using social media and, and our associations to um, keep from speaking evil, keep from speaking deceit, turn away from evil and do good and seek peace and pursue it. Um, sometimes people just get on things and just spout things. And the best thing, uh, Russell taught, taught me something. He just, well, he just wipes them off. <laughs> if somebody does that, uh, well, they're, I don't know what swipe them off is, but I think I know what it means. Uh, and that's what we need to do uh, more and more. First uh, Corinthians 1.10. Let's turn there real quickly. First uh, Corinthians chapter one verse ten. So, actually, starting verse twelve, uh, this is a passage that talks about one body. Uh, for in one spirit we're baptized, all baptized in one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, Republicans or Democrats. We could go on make other uh, divisions here. All were made to drink of one uh, spirit. Um, and it goes in to talk about the parts of the body, the different parts of the body, and that we're all needed. Uh, we're all needed, whether we're eyes or nose or ears or even if you're the belly button, we're all needed uh, in Christ. So we need to treat one another um, like we are one. Uh, this is talking about one body, not a bunch of bodies. Philippians chapter 1, um, well, it's interesting in 1 Corinthians here. They write this right before what chapter? Right before chapter 13, which is what? Love chapter. He's saying these things that we're all needed, that we're all one, right before he talks into the way, uh, the way of love. 
Philippians 1, 27 says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you're standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Um, Philippians 2, 1 through 4, So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy of being, by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Galatians 3, 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male nor female. We can make whatever kind of designations. We can be Alabama fans and Georgia fans. But we're we're all one in Christ Jesus. So I hope our thoughts tonight is is that the church is here to bring uh, peace and unity. Uh, As I close tonight, um, if you will, I'm going to say a prayer, but it's not my prayer. Um, It's basically John 17. Um, and John 17 is uh, the prayer that Jesus made uh, there the night uh, he was betrayed. And so if as, uh, as I read this, it's not any disrespect, but it's to help us remind um, what Christ prayed for, what his desire, and his desire was that we would be one. He prayed. For that, that was on his mind uh, before he faced the cross. Um, let's pray. Father, we humbly pray this prayer that your son prayed to you on that special night in which he was betrayed. As he prayed, the fa- Father, the hour had come. Glorify your son, that the son may glorify you, since you gave him authority over all flesh to give eternal life. To all that whom you gave him. And this is eternal life. That we know that you're the only true God. In Jesus Christ. Whom you sent. Jesus glorified you on the earth. Having accomplished the work that you gave him to do. As a result you glorified him. With the glory that he had in you. Before the world existed. Jesus manifested your name to us, whom you gave him out of the world. Yours we were, and you gave us to Jesus, and we have kept your word. Now we know that everything you gave Jesus is from you. For Jesus has given us the words that you gave him, and we have received them and have come to know in truth that Jesus came from you, And we have believed that you sent Jesus. Jesus prayed for us. He did not pray for the world. But he prayed for us and others whom you have given Jesus. For we are yours. All Jesuses are yours and yours are Jesuses. And Jesus is glorified in us. And Jesus is no longer in the world. But we are in the world. 
And as Jesus prayed to you, Holy Father, keep us in your name, whom you gave Jesus, that we may be one, even as you and Jesus are one. While Jesus was with the apostles, he kept them in your name, which you gave Jesus. He guarded them, and not one of them was lost except for Judas, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But after that, Jesus went to you, and these things he spoke while he was here on this world, here in the world, that we might have Christ's joy fulfilled in us. You have given us your word, and the word, the world has hated us because we're not of the world, just as Jesus was not of the world. We do not ask that you take us out of the world, but we ask that you keep us from the evil one. We are not of the world just as Jesus was not of the world. Sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent Jesus into the world, so is he sent us into the world. And for our sake, Jesus consecrated himself that we also might be sanctified in truth. Jesus did not ask for the apostles only, but thankfully for us and all others, that believe in Jesus through their word, that we may be one, just as you, Father, and in Jesus, and Jesus is in you, that we also may be in you, that the world may believe that you sent Jesus. The glory that you gave Jesus, Jesus gave to us, that we may be one, even as you, the Father, and Jesus are one. Jesus in us, and you in Jesus, that we may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent Jesus and loved us even as you loved Jesus. Father, it was Jesus' desire that we also, whom you gave Jesus, may be with Jesus where he is to see his glory that you gave him because you loved him before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, Jesus knows you. And we know that you have sent him. Dear Father, I pray that you would keep us one. Just as you and Jesus, his name that we pray. Amen. So you have about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes to go see the animals if you'd like. Or stay in here in fellowship and the kids will be back here in a little bit.